good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to welcome to another episode of What's Up with Power. My name is Justin Wagner with TMODZ. We are happy to bring you another episode of <coughs> basic power training information. Even though I apparently have a cold, you can tell. Uh, had one a couple weeks ago, got over it, <coughs> I've got it back. And it sounds like Taylor is doing so awesome himself. Um, but... Uh, but we're here, and we're going to talk today about performing a season review. Maybe we'll figure out what we did wrong this past season that caused us to get sick. Who knows? Uh, but uh, so we've got about three minutes till the group ride goes live in Zwift. And we uh, happy to have you all here. I'm going to send out some comments here to the group ride. We're live on Facebook, Twitch. Uh, mixer, and uh, the way this will work is we're going to have 15 minutes of teaching, followed by 15 minutes of questions and answering. And uh, obviously, if you're watching this and you can you can see me, you know where we're live at. But if you can hear me on maybe just Discord and you want to watch the slides, we are live at ZwiftLive.com. Take you to our Facebook page where we're currently. Live and give me a couple minutes to send out some messages so people know format of the ride. If you got a good group, you got thirty people in the pen. That's quite amazing. Don't normally have that many. It looks like winter is definitely starting to take full swing. Getting. More and more, folks. Second, I'll switch from the chat here. Live Facebook video so I can see your comments. <coughs> kind of like managing a circus show here. Somebody once said, must be really hard riding a unicycle, typing, teaching, and teaching and teaching topics all at the same time. I'm not actually riding a unicycle, but it does certainly look like that since you can't see my handlebars. <laughs> okay. <coughs> got 30 people okay. in the Okay. Got 15 people live on Facebook. And we've got just over 30 seconds to go. So we're live. I'm going to shed this jacket. And have a drink of water. Okay. 10 seconds till we're live, or till group ride starts, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I'm going to bring Taylor on the screen, and the slides are ready for you, and you go ahead, Taylor. All right, yeah, thanks, Justin. Um, Happy New Year to everyone. Thanks for joining us for the uh, first episode of What's Up With Power. Um, You'll have to excuse me, like like Justin said, I'm uh, I'm on the rebound from a 
from a little cold, uh, I'm feeling better, but it's uh, it's definitely still hanging around. So if I uh, if I if I can't make it through without coughing or, or sound uh, sound awful, you'll have to excuse me. But um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive in and talk about performing a season review today. Um, and so this is obviously the the perfect time of year to think about uh, going through uh, post season or or your last season performances and using that to inform and structure um, the season that's, that's ahead of us, the, the 2018 season and, and seasons to follow. So um, we'll dive right in, Justin. You can go to the first slide if you're not already there. So I like to separate my strategy um, into kind of two approaches or, or two segments. Uh, the first is, is a broad strategy, so kind of bird's-eye view approach. The second is a more detailed um, version of that. And so we're going to look at both. Um, so for broad strategies, uh, there's a few things that I like to do. And so again, this is from the perspective of you as an athlete, either by yourself or, or with your coach, um, sitting down at the table and starting to look through the entirety of your, uh, your 2017, um, training. So races, workouts, recovery periods, and beginning to understand what that looked like from both a qualitative and a quantitative perspective. And like I said, use that to inform um, how you train and hopefully how you train more efficiently um, and, and um, uh, more uh, train better for the season to come. So first thing, like I said, take a bird's eye approach. Um, look over multiple training periods. So you want to look for long-term trends. Were you um, gaining FTP? Were you building your FTP through through several different training periods? Uh, were you setting peak powers um, for specific durations, maybe setting uh, uh, five-minute powers, um, you know, training block after training block? Whatever that is, just start to start to look for any trends that may arise. Um, again, kind of on the, on the surface of, uh, of your training. Um, and so once you do that, what I like to do is once I've identified those trends, I like to, to then go in and, and look at key areas. So, um, look for specific races, again, peak powers, um, a great thing to, to identify and kind of single out is going to be those core PMC metrics, the CTL, TSB, ATL, um, any breakthrough workouts, any huge sessions that you had that you felt like really pushed you over the edge in terms of fitness or progression. And then segment those time periods out. So have date ranges in mind that you want to look at. Um, and those date ranges and those periods of time are based around uh, very key areas that you think are uh, worth digging deeper into. And we'll get into that, that next kind of digging deeper stage uh, in slides to come. Looking for highs and lows. So I like to not only look for areas where training was great or races were great, um, but also places where maybe they weren't so good. Maybe you felt awful. Maybe you didn't um, perform the way that you felt you should have. Um, those are oftentimes just as important or maybe more important than the areas where you, where you felt fantastic and the workouts were going going great. So Look for some context around both kind of the high points and the low points in your training. And then lastly, just just a note, really, 
uh, is to be critical. Uh, I see so many athletes that uh, it's it's really easy to look for the places um, or to reflect upon your last season and think that it went great and that you did the best that you could and that the training sessions were amazing and you progressed as much as you possibly could have and that all you need to do is just to repeat that for the season to come and you'll be fine. Chances are that's not the case. We all know there's highs and lows. Um, there's roadblocks and speed bumps along the way. Um, and so being critical about those moments when it didn't go great um, and thinking through how you can apply some of your knowledge that you'll gain through uh, a season review to, uh, to make this year better. So we're going to dive into um, to, to actually what we're going to be looking at. So from a chart perspective or from a review perspective, um, for the purposes of this presentation and, and because this is the way that I tend to do it, uh, I'm going to be using examples from WKO4. Um, there's a lot of this that can be available or pulled out in uh, some of your basic charts from uh, Training Peaks as well, but there's a, there's a little bit more granular data available in WKO4, so I, I pulled aside some, some charts and highlighted some areas that I'm going to talk about. The first one is a PMC uh, in WKO4. That's pictured in the slide here. The great thing about the PMC with uh, inside WKO4 is you can overlay peak powers. That's a great way to see, um, again, kind of the macro trend. Are you setting peak powers when CTL is on the rise? Um, what, is, uh, what does TSB look like when peak powers are set? Are you, are you in form? Are you fatigued looking at ATL? So, again, kind of contextualizing what's going on in the buildup uh, and the recovery periods from from some of these uh, peak performances. Uh, I highlighted a couple of areas here, just the way that we can start to think about these things. Um, later in the season for this particular athlete, a peak one-minute power uh, was set during a high point in the CTL in this particular build, build period. That happened to correspond with a focus on cross-country mountain bike racing, which is uh, shorter and more intense. So we would expect to see peak powers for for shorter duration. So, so this is perfect. It lets us know that we were kind of in the right uh, realm and we were, we were performing the sessions that needed to be done to produce the efforts necessary. Uh, at the end of the season, we took a focus or shifted focus to, uh, to, to more endurance or ultra endurance mountain bike racing. We saw a peak 20 minute power for the season um, in preparation or, or rather during a six hour endurance mountain, mountain bike event. So again, um, what we would expect, what we would hope to see as we shift focus throughout the season. So this is the way you can use the PMC and some of these peak power numbers to start to get a sense, uh, again, from that macro view, what's going on. The power duration curve is a, is a really critical component, I think, of a season review. Um, the way that I like to use the power duration curve um, is to look and see if it reflects um, – uh, the focus that you had during specific time periods. So, uh, so you've uh, in the last slide I talked about segmenting key areas or key time ranges. Um, if if the focus during that time period was uh, was an emphasis on FTP, um, then look at the power duration curve for that time period and see if um, if powers in the twenty to thirty minute range uh, are increased. Um, did you actually make a substantial uh, or notable change to 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 your power duration curve. Um, also, just in general, the power duration curve gives us a much more nuanced view of your strengths and weaknesses. 
versus just looking at something like FTP. So we're able to see power on a, on a continuum of time and see how, uh, how the athlete um, performs uh, uh, over very specific durations. And again, within very specific time ranges to see if, if we're on the, um, uh, if we're kind of in the, in the ballpark. And then lastly, one that I really enjoy, this is just one metric in a sea of, uh, of metrics that, that we look at, but time to exhaustion is something that I think is, uh, is valuable to look at over time. Time to exhaustion, for those that don't know or aren't familiar, is basically um, a model of what you can hold or what you should be able to hold your, your FTP uh, for. So it's a, it's a time range. Uh, it can go up to an hour um, because, as we know and as we've discussed on this show, FTP is maximum is technically uh, defined as a maximum uh, power for one hour. So, so whatever time to exhaustion is, and again, looking at that over time and seeing how that changes from say 35 minutes to 45 minutes, and as you get closer to an hour, gives us a really good idea of fatigue resistance. Um, it lets us know how prepared for specific events you are. Um, arguably, the longer you can hold your FTP or the higher your time to exhaustion is, the more successful you'll be uh, in any discipline uh, of racing. So, so regardless of if you're a criterium racer uh, or an ultra distance racer, um, time to exhaustion is something that's worth looking at. And again, kind of pro- providing some parameters of uh, how your training focus throughout the season impacted your resistance to fatigue. So I like to bring that one up. That's a really valuable tool or a, a valuable metric. Um, next slide. All right, so now we dive into to detailed strategies. So we had the broad approach, uh, again, segmenting specific time periods, training blocks, um, training focuses, and then using some charts in WKO4 to dig down and, and see what those uh, what those ranges looked like and what those efforts inside of those ranges looked like. Um, now we're going to dig down and look at uh, specific uh, workouts and specific events. Uh, so what I like to do is, is kind of uh, condense everything down even further. So within those date ranges that you've defined, look for key areas uh, or key, uh, key uh, efforts. So, Breakthrough workouts, workouts that you think had a, had a major impact on your training or, or areas that you felt really, really good. Um, a, B, and C priority races, uh, I think, are valuable to pinpoint. Um, and uh, so, so whatever the event is or whatever the effort is um, inside of those date ranges, um, we want to drill down. We want to start to look at the data associated with those, um, with those efforts. Uh, so I like to, to also segment um, uh, not only from a metrics-based perspective, so again, peak power, CTL, TSB, all of our core metrics, um, but I also like to look uh, segment based on, on races or events as well. So um, the, the great thing about segmenting uh, from a metrics perspective uh, and a race perspective is you can see if uh, things like peak powers, peak CTL, uh, when your your TSB was was positive, so when you were in form, uh, if you overlay those those segments, uh, what you would hope to see is that the race performance and the and the metrics based um, review uh, align. Right? Are those things? Um, uh, did you have your best performances on race day, and did that also coincide with 
with a time when you are most fit or most in form. Um, so there's a there's a there's a lot of value in, in taking both the metrics uh, based approach and then also looking at races separately. Um, contextualizing the effort, just understanding uh, why a specific effort um, and uh, why a specific effort on a given day took place. So what I mean by that is, uh, was it a hill climb? Um, was there uh, a breakaway where were you responding to to a surge in the pace um, from your team or for your from your competitors? Um, why was it that you had to produce a particular effort and really pinpointing um, what that meant for the day, how you responded to that, um, what that meant for um, for you know your fitness, for the outcome of the race? Um, so that's where that kind of, uh, and I'll get to it in the next point, that's where the qualitative metrics uh, come in as well. So, so we want to lean very heavily on the data, but we also want to make sure that we have a good log of, of the qualitative. Uh, so the comments, the feedback, um, how'd you feel? Um, you know, what was going through your head? Um, comparing the data and the metrics to that qualitative aspect really is what allows us to get kind of the well-rounded, um, you know, fully painted picture uh, of, of, of a specific event or a specific day and, and then the season overall. All right, so next slide. All right, so we've done all that. We've, we've decided that we want to we wanna dig in. Um, we've got the races, the days, the workouts that we want to look at. Um, and now we're going to go and we're going to look at specific charts that are going to help us uh, inform, uh, are going to help to inform the training that we ultimately write uh, for the season to come. So the first one, and this is the, the example uh, here, the chart is, is visual matches. So uh, matches are basically, um, uh, you, can, you can think of you know, any given effort. Uh, we start with a matchbook. This is a, um, a, a fairly common um, example uh, given now, but we start with a matchbook. We don't know how many matches we have in our matchbook, um, but every time we, we produce certainly an effort uh, over and above FTP, uh, specifically or typically that's going to be your, your VO2 max and above efforts. So your VO2 and kind of your neuromuscular, very top end efforts, um, that's burning a match. And so what we want to do is we want to train to have more matches or the ability to, to burn more matches in that matchbook. So in WKO4, there's a great chart that allows us to see that. This particular um, uh, chart is from a uh, is from a road race. Uh, we can see that it's a, a mass start, um, lots of matches burnt. The athlete uh, puts out a big effort or, or multiple big efforts to to keep up. Um, we see in the middle of the race there's a big climb. Um, this was uh, part of the race strategy. The athlete separated himself from the group on the climb, um, and then we can see. At the end is the finish, a big effort to kind of uh, put in a, a, a gap, and then the athlete finishes, finishes strong. So, again, this is one specific race on one specific day and what that effort looked like. Um, we know, uh, again, qualitatively and contextually that, um, that this was a race-winning effort for this athlete. So this is a really important uh, file to look at. We want to see what it takes to, to produce those efforts and how we can use that to inform uh, the training to come. Um, so another chart um, or, or another thing that I like to look for 
uh, is pace change and surge analysis. So there's a variety of different charts in WKO4 that allow us to do this. Um, but ultimately what we want to look for or the things that I like to single out are comparing things like heart rate TSS to, to uh, normal TSS or power-based TSS. Um, what's, the, what's the difference there? Is the aerobic response dramatically different uh, than the response needed from a power-based perspective? Um, there's also a, a fantastic uh, chart that allows us to compel, uh, compare pedaling power with a percentage of the time that we were coasting. So that gives us a lot of insight into things like form and race strategy, where there are times when the athlete could have been pedaling um, when they were coasting, or there are places where we could have been providing power uh, or, or producing power that we didn't. So um, identifying, uh, and this is particularly valuable from a, from a race analysis perspective, we can look for those surges, um, big outputs in power, pace change, um, again, always uh, compared against or, or uh, compared uh, in conjunction with that qualitative feedback. So, you know, uh, was, was the pace impossible to keep up with? Did you feel strong? Uh, did you feel like you had the legs the whole time to produce those efforts? Um, so looking for those pace changes and surges is a, is a great way to, to, to help ultimately uh, do things like right interval workouts and develop race day strategies um, for priority races in the in the coming season, and then lastly, uh, interval review. Um, so so this would be uh, like a, a fairly standard workout analysis or, or race analysis where we're looking for things like um, percentage of time in your individualized power zones. So this is a great kind of the broad overview of workout level analysis where we can say, okay, for a specific type of race. Um, a specific discipline, this specific uh, course um, that it took uh, 30% of the time was spent, you know, above FTP. Uh, so spent in zones five, six, and seven. Um, we can see that, you know, say 45% of that time was spent in, uh, in, in zones, uh, you know, four and five. Um, so whatever the case is, we can start to get a sense for that power distribution. And again, we're thinking about this as it relates to, to writing workouts, they're going to uh, prepare our body and, and alter and adapt our physiology for the rigors of the race schedule that we have uh, to come. So uh, interval review is just a great way to kind of get that base information to understand what specific efforts look like. I like to look at the interval review uh, for different genres or different disciplines of racing. So if you're, uh, if you're a road racer, you can look at it for a road race for a time trial and for a criterium, and that'll give you a sense for how you need to prepare uh, from a training perspective for all three of those disciplines, specifically as you come in and out of priority races throughout the season. Um, so hopefully that gives you an idea. There's a lot of information here. I know it's dense, um, but ultimately starting with a kind of broad overview, um, segmenting critical time periods, um, being critical, um, being hard on yourself, making sure that you've, uh, you've identified everything, uh, both the good and the bad, and then going through and looking at uh, specific races and specific workouts. And the goal there is to use that to, uh, to inform our training prescription uh, and, and the specific training blocks that we're riding uh, in the season to come. So 
I'll, uh, I'll take it back to Justin. I can't believe I didn't cough the, uh, the whole time. That's amazing. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we'll go to Q and a and, uh, let us know if you have any questions. Awesome. Thanks for the presentation, Taylor. We're, uh, we actually have one question right off the bat. We're going <clears> to, <throat> we're going to tee off. It comes from, uh, Kirsten, who was, uh, sent a message through Zwift, uh, says, how do I know if I've had a breakthrough workout? Mm, yeah, it's a good point. Um, so I think it can be uh, it can be one of two things. Uh, the 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 more obvious one would be that it that it sets uh, it's a breakthrough performance in terms of power, right? So um, it's a say it's a, a best twenty minute power, a best five minute power, maybe a best thirty minute power. Um, if if you set uh, a peak power, um, then that's a good indication that it was. A breakthrough performance. Now, the more kind of nuanced side of that, and I think really just as important, is is that qualitative piece. Um, oftentimes, with athletes I work with, we'll kind of identify a session as a breakthrough workout um, or a breakthrough race if we feel like the mental component uh, of that uh, of that workout was really really strong. So maybe we didn't write the workout to be a peak power or a best performance. But we wrote it to be challenging in such a way that it really kind of uh, it really worked on the weaknesses that we've identified for that athlete. So, you know, maybe that's sustained power and it's just kind of keeping your uh, keeping your, you know, your head right or, or keeping your mental game strong during a sustained effort. Or maybe it's a top end effort, whatever that is for you and, and, and for specific athletes. I think it's also valuable to, to kind of identify a breakthrough workout as a as a session that you've gotten through um and and you 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 got through that maybe you, you didn't or wouldn't have gotten through in the past um so i think it can be it can be both very very um data driven and very quantitative but it can also be um a little bit more of a softer science and you can you can identify that based on kind of how you feel um and there's a lot of value in that as well that's a good question yeah absolutely i'd uh, maybe just, uh, I think you hinted at this, but you know most workouts aren't uh, written such that they would cause you to have a quantitative uh, best, right? Unless it's a right. unless it's a workout that's actually trying to like establish baselines, most likely going to be targeting you know some percentage of your power curve. So so it's hard to say. It's I think sometimes from workouts it's hard quantitatively to see. Uh, it's easier maybe from like a race. You can definitely see quantitative results a lot of times from a race because you're not just sticking to a prescribed plan. You're doing whatever you got to do to stay in the race. And sometimes that pushes you to a new power best. Um, right. Yeah, exa- exactly right. Yeah, I mean, usually you're not uh, working out to maximal effort. Um, so... So, you know, whether you're providing yourself opportunities to produce those efforts in training um, or, again, you know, whether it's that kind of mental component, um, uh, that's a good point, Justin, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like probably more often than not, I identify breakthrough workouts in training as those, those big kind of mental barriers that we've overcome versus necessarily peak powers but they they do happen and and i'll put little touch points or little benchmarks throughout the specific training blocks 
to, to kind of encourage some some peak powers and, and test the legs and you know these little kind of waypoints along the way to make sure we're you know we're we're producing the efforts that we need to and it's a great confidence builder as well on your way to to a, certainly an a priority race to be able to to reach those peak powers before you get to race day so you can kind of you know set yourself up for success as well absolutely yeah i think uh the way i envision the you know like the the mental breakthroughs is like let's say you're um in the middle of a training plan that kind of typically a training plan will tend to repeat the same workout from one week to the next or over several weeks and a lot of times the like all your numbers from the workout the second time might be literally identical to the first time but you knew when you felt like you could do it whereas maybe the first time you were just like this is impossible like i can't even do it like maybe you just completely crushed your soul but maybe the second time you know you got through it and you're like okay i could do that so that's that's how i would see you know there's that mental breakthrough where it's like yeah i, I felt like I could do it, and I went into the workout a lot more confident and and held it instead of just being scared the whole time, like, when am I going to fall apart? How long can I do this, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's uh, – I think repeating workouts like that is is, is great. You know, p- kind of put them in there, um, certainly, you know, especially or specifically the ones that are challenging. Um and 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 take note of of how you feel you know and that's a that's huge i mean that that says a lot about your progress if you if you like you said if you if it crushed you the first time and you feel even mildly better the second time that's 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 gains i mean that's what Absolutely. you're going for yep okay so we're, we're in the q a section we've got we're got a couple more minutes to take questions today's topic has been on performing a season review uh there'll be a nice article Going up on Zwift Insider uh, shortly that'll dive into more detail on these concepts that Taylor wrote. So keep an eye out for that. We have lots of great content that comes through Zwift Insider. And uh, if you have questions, you can feel free to let them fly in the Discord chat or in the Facebook chat. Also, if you happen to be watching the recording and you want to submit a question, uh, probably the best way to do that is either head over to the forum down here at discuss.endurancelab.fit. There is a category for What's Up With Power where you can ask the question, and there'll be a post for every episode you can go in and just uh, reply to and say, hey, here's my question this episode. Um, also, you can send us an email at wuwp at tmodiz.com. So that stands for What's Up with power. Also, we didn't mention Taylor's contact info, but let me pull that back up on the screen in case you want to get in contact with him directly. So his, his coaching uh, platform is Thomas Endurance Coaching, and uh, you can contact him at thomasendurancecoaching.com directly via email at taylor at thomasendurancecoaching.com and on Twitter at at endurancecoach. Endurance underscore coach. Yeah, Justin, I'll just add you. You mentioned the article, um, so I I mentioned a lot of charts here. I mean, um, all of the all of the charts that I mentioned 
Um, obviously, I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't put them all on the slides. They're all on the the article that I uh, wrote, and they're all annotated similar to the ones that I uh, that I put on the slides here. So for um, you know, if, if folks want visuals of the um, the the interval review or the pace change analysis or uh, any of the other charge power duration curve. Um, those are all uh, highlighted and again annotated with some notes um, referencing kind of uh, how or, or some of the ways that I've used those specific charts to uh, to do season reviews. So that might be worth uh, checking out. It's 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 a little bit harder. I know it can be hard to kind of you know me explain it and not be able to see an example of it. But for the, for the sake of this platform, it was uh, I couldn't I couldn't do all the charts. So. Uh, definitely worth checking out if folks want to see what that looks like, um, kind of you know, with each specific chart. Yep. And so, if, you, if you're not familiar with Zwift Insider, just www.zwiftinsider.com. Probably just Google Zwift Insider, and you'll find it. it used to be called Zwift Blog. They've rebranded, and they're now called Zwift Insider. Uh, anyway, <coughs> woo, I feel a good cough coming on, so I think that's about time to do our sign-off. Thank you, everyone, for coming. We've had an awesome session. We appreciate all you coming. Again, feel free to hit us up in the forum if you have questions or comments or anything about the show. We're happy to take your questions. And uh, we're here every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 Eastern, um, or this time frame if you're watching live, whatever time zone you are. Uh, so, with that, I will say have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday, and we will catch you next time.